Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right, let's get it going right here, right now. This is Diamond Conversations, and you're listening to an all-new Diamond Conversations here exclusively on the Creative Control Podcast Network. If you didn't know by now, my name is Ian, and every single week we take a journey across the Diamond. This time we head out towards the bullpen area as we sit down and discuss, uh, I guess, the maybe the art of pitching, but also the pitching career of today's guest, Mr. Clayton Richard, joining me today. Clayton, how's things going in your neck of the woods? Terrific. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's my uh, it's my pleasure. I'll tell you the uh, the the best thing to get this relationship started, to get this call going, was uh, connecting via Twitter. Because anybody who's got uh, the Hulkster <laughs> and their profile pictures over with me, because I am a wrestling guy, so that caught my attention right away. <laughs> Yeah, we unfortunately we were at Clearwater Beach a little longer than we expected a couple of years ago when I was with the Blue Jays. We we had a, a rehab stint. I had, we had to stay down in Dunedin and uh, not where you want to be during the course of a big league season. But we try to make lemonade down there and make make the best of what we had and hung out around Hulk Hogan. <laughs> did you like the hogan's beach shop it's like uh the the museum slash world of hulkster when you uh when you go inside the hogan's beach shop <laughs> yeah and then uh just going up looking into the gym kind of checking that out it, it, i mean it is really a beautiful area beautiful beaches and we had a lot of fun as a family down there yeah fun fact the beach is uh run by bushwhacker luke of the bushwhackers if you remember them <laughs> Gotcha. Yes, that's true. <laughs> there you go. Very. Yeah, that's that's one of those. Sorry, that's me showing off the wrestling chops. I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to cross. <laughs> I don't want to cross the streams. But uh, you know, I gotta. I gotta strike the pose when I can. Uh, but let's talk about what's going on with you. How's everything uh, in, in your uh, your world? Uh, starting a new gig out there where you live. What's uh, what's going on in Clayton Richards' world this week? Well, I have three children, so that's kind of the primary driver of our actions right now uh they are eight seven four i started a a golf cart business through covid when we weren't able to go play baseball so that's that's building up and then recent more recently i took the quarterback coaching position at the, the local high school lafayette jeff and then even more recently I took the head coaching uh baseball job here at lafayette jeff as well so 
we're pretty busy every day. We, we, we keep it moving. Hey, you just take the golf cart from the football field to the baseball field, right? <laughs> exactly. I did take one over there. <laughs> I did take one over there to, to get off my legs a little bit. So how, how has that been, though, with the baseball uh, coaching specifically? You know, obviously with your career and what you've done and, and going through your training and your years of playing and also, uh, you know, the development, uh, what's it been like to get in there on the uh, the high school level and be able to uh, kind of mold some players, uh, you know, maybe the way you'd like to see them play? Well, right now we're so early in the process. We are trying to establish the staples of our our program what what we want foundationally to look like as a team how we want the culture of the clubhouse to be because right now so many of our, our student athletes are in fall sports right and i took over the job a couple of weeks ago they're in travel ball so it, it, we have not really had the opportunity to work on the baseball field together but we've met a few times and kind of established what we see what direction we want to see the to see this program go to um and, and we kind of harp on being on time being honest and doing our work and we think that if we can accomplish those three things at a consistently high level the other things that we don't have control of will fall into place more frequently than not so we're we're, we're establishing lines of communication which is something i did not really think about but when you're dealing with high school age student athletes it's something a lot of them have never had to experience before the, the responsibility of communicating on their own, making sure they respond to a text, making sure they show up on time and show up when, where they're supposed to be. And if they're not able to adequately communicate ahead of time that they're not able to. So there are challenges that we have to establish first before we really can move on to the stuff that's exciting, the baseball stuff. Right. Yeah, it's a whole thing. You know, the maturation process uh, for high school athletes is, is so different because, you know, you really go from being thrust as just like a kid playing ball for fun to possibility of this being something to carry on through college, maybe professional, who knows. But it's such a delicate age. Where was the program before you, you were uh, thrust into uh, the head coaching position? Not bad shape. We, we just moved into a the the varsity plays on a brand new in the stadium really here in Lafayette Indiana we have Loeb Stadium they rebuilt a stadium which was the traditional home for Lafayette Jeff baseball and it's it's first class it, it really is so and uh, Scott McTaggart was the head coach before he he did a, a great job for many years so it's it's not like I'm taking over and have to tear everything down it, it's there's little things that I, I feel need to be adjusted uh to get to where we want to go so i'm very fortunate to be in the the role i am in where i'm at so you're about i would say a year and 10 days younger than i am so the high school experience was a lot different back when we were uh when we were coming up what do you remember <laughs> about your high school playing days and how you're going to use maybe some of the influence that you had as a as a player growing up with uh maybe what you've learned along the way throughout your professional career Right. We, we want to establish um, a certain expectation of discipline within our program and make them understand that this discipline is to hold everyone accountable to the same standard. That way we can trust our teammates, trust our coaches that we are also going to perform to that expectation. And once we've built that trust on the field, it's just playing a game. 
And that's what I'm excited about is the enthusiasm and the freshness of the, the baseball game at this level. Because it is, it's just a lot of fun. And hopefully I can get through to them that you don't want to take these four years for granted. It, they go quick <laughs> because it, it is so much fun. It, it, it And I, I know I remember people telling me when I was that age, oh, it's going to go fast, it's going to go fast. And we have to figure out a way to make sure they understand that without just telling them going to go fast <laughs> so make, make sure they understand that we have a special opportunity to play baseball not everyone gets that opportunity we need to take advantage because at some point that window to participate in this great sport is going to be taken away whether you like it or not so right now we have it let's let's make the most of it every single day yeah, no, that's an uh, that's a great point. That's an absolutely great point. And uh, the only reason I know your age is because I'm looking at your, uh, you know, your Wikipedia right to the right of me. So that's why I can be so precise on the exact uh, date range and uh, <laughs> fellow September birthday. So that's why I could say right. that. Uh, but the other cool thing too uh, with you both doing my, both my boys are September. Well, there you go. Very nice. Very very bright futures ahead yeah. for both of them. <laughs> <laughs> but I can say, you know, the fact that you were a dual sport athlete uh, yourself and that you're coaching in both football and baseball, it's a real strength because you have the experience in doing both. Um, when you were kind of approaching football and baseball as a student athlete, when did you kind of see that baseball was the route you should go on with your career? When I did not get the opportunity to play at Michigan. I, I went to Michigan to play football. That that was my goal. I wanted to be a Heisman quarterback, win the national championship, and then be an NFL quarterback. Like that was my vision. Uh, fortunately, I I loved baseball all the way through, and I had talked to Coach Carr and the, the football coaching staff about playing baseball while I spent time up at Michigan. And they agreed to that before my arrival upon campus. So when I did not get the opportunity that I, I had desired at Michigan for football. I went over the, across the, across the parking lot, played baseball for a season and got drafted by the White Sox. It's pretty good. <laughs> That's not a bad trajectory. Uh, might not have worked out the way you had thought in your head, but it still worked out pretty good uh, in the long run. Um, getting drafted by the White Sox, what do you remember about the process? Because now, you know, with the way the draft looks these days, it's very, uh, it's almost like the NFL draft was, you know, years ago. Now it's the, the MLB draft is the way it was. What do you remember about the drafting process and getting picked up by the White Sox? I remember they were one team that I did not really expect because I had not personally communicated much with them. I had communicated with them in high school and I think that that was kind of their, why they at that time, but I did not get a, a many innings in at, at Michigan. I think I threw the 30 some innings for that season, which, which is not a lot. And I just remember being at home and it was the time where internet was, was prevalent, but all the, accessories to internet there wasn't the twitter there wasn't things to update so green and refresh and refresh and the next pick will come up <laughs> so <laughs> it was definitely a, a different process than it is now 
my gosh, I mean, it is just it's so different to uh, to kind of see like how it's been so widely uh, like uh, broadcast in, in recent years, especially this year where it was done at the actual All Star Game. Uh, but that yeah, that was a lot different. So when you finally when you get the call and, and you're you're, you're now going to join the White Sox organization, what's the uh, what's the feeling and what's the uh, what's being told to you by the White Sox as you're coming on board? If I remember correctly, I, I met with Mike Shirley. He, he came. He was the the regional scout. He came. We had dinner with with my wife and myself and girlfriend at the time, I think. And we went to dinner. He kind of gave, gave us the expectation or what we should expect out of the, the process going forward, understanding that because I had no clue what minor league baseball was. Like probably most people in America, you say minor league baseball. You say, oh, triple-A. That's like, well, <laughs> there's a little bit lucky, before. AAA, but it could be, <laughs> yeah, it could be Arizona League. It could be rookie ball, low-A, double-A, high-A. Like, there's so many so many levels that you just really, you, you're not aware of unless you're in it. And so that was an eye-opening experience. I, I flew out to Great Falls, Montana, and on a little a little plane <laughs> and it, it was it was a quick a quick wake up because flying charter for michigan football to flying out to great falls on a little plane and then going to the host family's basement uh was a little bit of a contrast for what i was used to it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Yeah, it it can be a wake up call to some who anticipate, you know, like you said, going right from draft to AAA. There's many levels in the minor leagues, and many of them aren't always very glamorous. But the White Sox have a pretty good system, so you know, you you went through it. I would say in in a good amount of time, and you make your debut in um, in 2008. But I'll get to that in a second. Do you have any great minor league memories? You know, some people, again, they, they have some, you know, the long bus rides. They have some not-so-stellar experiences. Do you have any fun memories of the minor leagues? Uh, the things I can – teammates were great, and that's something that you'd never experience again is – because when you go through times of adversity, and to some degree the minor leagues are a time of adversity um, – <laughs> You're not getting paid much. You really don't get paid enough to cover the the living expenses of the season. So everyone's going through it together, though. A lot of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. You're going through long bus rides, not enough sleep. You have a roommate on the road. You share all these experiences, so you create a bond that you will never have again in all likelihood with another group of people. So I remember those times. I remember we very few off days, but when we did, uh, the pool parties we'd have, those were we'd grill out and have a pool party. I remember the watching Entourage on the bus rides with the old school DVDs. I would buy the seasons <laughs> of Entourage as they come out, and we'd, we'd we'd watch the season of Entourage, even though our pitching coach hated it. <laughs> All the guys loved it. So, but I mean, it, it was 
when you look back on it, they, they were some of the most fun times you, you have in baseball, sharing those moments. Because it is, it's, it's pretty much just baseball um, and doing whatever you can to play the game. That's because at that age, again, I'm, I'm in the same age range as you. Those guys are really cool. That's why uh, everybody liked watching that show. <laughs> oh, man, it's, it's everything you wanted to be. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Be, 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 a, be a star making millions of dollars and hanging out with your friends. They were that. At, at that age, when you're going through high school, college, it's, it doesn't get much better than that, does it? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not at all. And it's funny, you know, there's been a, a, a kind of a microscope on the minor league uh, systems as of late. They contract a lot of teams, and there's been a lot of emphasis on the pay. Um, but I just I read a story recently about minor leaguers that are having to still pay rent for a house that they split. But they both have now advanced to the next level, and they're paying rent in the next level and the previous level's housing. So it really does stink in certain regards because the teams aren't really covering it. Have you seen how there's been a, a kind of an outcry for support for the minor leaguers recently? I have, and I think Twitter's a, a platform. The social media is a platform that's really accelerated that process because if, if it weren't for those avenues of information, I'm not sure that that word would get out. But – and it's tough because you, you have probably half the players that say, well, it kind of weeds out the people that aren't going to make it moving forward because they're not willing to sacrifice. I remember I had a teammate that and he just finished his playing career recently. So he's about the same age as myself. He showed up to Tucson, Arizona with you had to get a collared shirt. So he went to Walmart or wherever and got his collared shirt. And that's pretty much what he had. And grinded through it and found a way and i'm sure there's others in his situation that weren't able to mentally um make those overcome those hurdles and they eliminate themselves and because once you get to the big leagues that's a big part of the game is how you mentally overcome adversity and the ability to do that so there's something to be said for grinding through it but you're right it's i don't know that that's the way to do it through financially strapping the, the the players within your organization because um, you want them to be able to play baseball and you don't want them to have to worry about where they're getting a meal or where they're sleeping or I, I think that I think we're probably not too far away from one of the organizations really being creative and taking advantage of the opportunity for housing and and food and taking the whole system and doing something unique where, where the players are really taken care of on those fronts through the minor leagues. It's great that there is a, a lot of organizations coming, you know, up that are supporting the minor leaguers. It's great that they're voicing it. A lot of times I don't think, you know, and I, I worked in the minor leagues in the mid two thousands. I would never have thought it was such a dire uh, situation, you know, seeing how, I mean, I was the same age thinking like, wow, these guys have this amazing gig you know, I'm working for 30 bucks a game, you know, and I'm just trying to, to get my uh, teeth grinding in this business, <laughs> but not knowing right. what's going on on the other side. And, and it's great to see, like you said, Twitter as a platform, giving guys a voice and giving people the opportunity to know what's going on. And maybe the switches will begin to change in the next few years. Right. And, and that's typically how it works. You have to identify the problem before you, you make the adjustment and, and correct it. So, Hopefully that is in the not too distant future, and because baseball is a difficult sport, let's let's not make 
life around baseball. I never will. I don't think we need to be be so tough on 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 those guys because I was forced. I had great support from my mother and father, and they would never let me um, really hurt in that way. And I, I signed for a little bit, not a ton of money. I think it was uh, seventy or eighty thousand. So so I had money to if I needed to to live, to eat, to whatever it was, I had the, the means to cover it. But there's guys that did not have that through right. those difficult times where you're all of a sudden playing higher baseball competition and then you're living on your own and then you're trying to figure out how leases work with an apartment. And it's a lot. It's a, it's a lot. A lot of life coming at you hot. Yeah, absolutely, but all for the goal, you know, and that's what you did make. You made your Major League debut for the White Sox. Kind of take us back to that day, what you remember, you know, were you nervous? Uh, what was going through your head? Were you confident? You're feeling, okay, I got this ball, it's time to go. Where were you uh, at mentally with the uh, the Major League debut? It happened so fast. It's kind of surreal where it's, I mean, if you think about it, as a, a child, you're acting like you're King Griffey Jr. and you want to be King Griffey Jr., and... <laughs> then you you play baseball with this vision of being a, a major league baseball player. At least I did. I, I never, I never thought of doing anything other than playing professional sports. I, I thought I was going to be an NFL quarterback. I thought I was going to be a major league baseball player, and that's how I operated. But when you actually get there, it's like whoa. You never really think like you always think, what am I going to do to get there? How do I work to get there? And you're there. And it's like, you have to shift to, all right, now I have to perform. Like I, I, I have been, but it's at, at that level that I've been, um, I've placed my vision. I've placed my goal at this level. Now I have to readjust, but it was surreal the day of, I remember my parents came up to Chicago from Lafayette. My dad gave me a ride my mom and dad gave me a ride over to us cellular at the time. <laughs> and it was, it was the longest 12 minute drive. I think I've ever been, <laughs> been on. I think, it was, I don't know if we talked, but I remember pulling up and having no clue where to go. And fortunately got out of the car and John Danks was, was walking out and I had never met him before, but I, I was very fortunate that it was John Danks. Um, to kind of show me into the clubhouse and, and make that arrival more comforting than had it been someone else, maybe. That's great. That's usually my next question of who was the first guy you met at the stadium. So that's, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's perfect. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just the emotion I'm sure was, uh, was absolutely off the charts. Uh, what do you remember about the game the most? I remember my first two at bats, probably. I think that, Ian Kinsler, if I remember correctly, I'm like, names mixed up. Ian Kinsler let off. Uh, Matt Young was two hole. I got full count to Ian Kinsler, struck him out in a high fastball. So I got my first strikeout right away. And then second at bat, tried to do the same thing, got full count. I was like, well, I'm just going to throw as hard as I can. <laughs> and gave up my first homer. <laughs> so it was a. It was so much fun, though, uh, because it is something that I'd worked for. And you're on that stage, and you're, you get to do what you've prepared to do your whole life. And now you get the opportunity to do it on the stage at which you're trying to to get to. And um, it was it was so much fun. Uh, Josh Hamilton had just come off that all-star game where he 
he dazzled at the home run derby. Oh yeah, he he didn't win it, but I, I think everyone remembers him as winning it. Even though yeah, he did I, not win it. I would never have guessed. But, that. I thought he won based <laughs> off of my memory. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he was hitting balls to the moon, and he, it seemed like he hit twenty in a row. But yeah, he, and I, I think I struck him out three times in that in that outing, and it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, you had seven strikeouts. I mean, that is like that's a heck of an impressive uh, showing uh, from a strikeout perspective, you know, in, in a debut, and that just, yeah, that's got to be amazing. Strike- <laughs> I don't know if I had seven strikeouts again until <laughs> <laughs> I might not have had another seven strikeout game. Uh, you 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 had many great stops along your way. I mean, I'm 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 gonna move into something else because I don't want to just you know har- I don't want to go in complete order and then have you here all day. I want to hit a couple other spots. But great career, you know, playing with the Padres, the Cubs, the Blue Jays. But I, I want to talk about something that I think is very cool, especially uh, it's out there. You can see him. I got to talk about your home runs. <laughs> I got to do it because you. I, I swear you would have thought that you were a, a third baseman coming up in the minor leagues with the stroke you have on these home runs. What are your memories of hitting your first major league home run and, and actually uh, watching that ball <laughs> sail out of the park? Cause it's a thing of beauty to see your reaction when you, uh, when you're rounding the bases. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good that you just watched the home run. Cause if you watched every at bat, you would know that I did not. Uh, we only skip to like the good turkey. stuff here. We only look at the good stuff. <laughs> I, I appreciate that because if you watch the rest of my bats, you would know that 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 was not a strength. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we uh, I, it, we were in Milwaukee, and I was going on deck. The owners have a, a few seats, and the travel secretary that day left my dad, who brought a couple of my high school coaches with him. I had the baseball coach, Jake Burton and Mike Burton, his son who coached as well for high school. They were sitting with a couple of the owners. And so they were enjoying the, the refreshments up at in Milwaukee. Um, one of the assistant coaches and he was running his mouth on how good of a hitter I was in high school. <laughs> and so the owners like, well, we haven't seen that yet. <laughs> and so I get on deck and the, the owner, the owners were giving me a hard time because I wasn't hitting it. They said, your coach said you'll hit a home run. I just kind of smiled at him and then went up first pitch, <laughs> hit one to, to right field in Milwaukee that, that went over and I think my one upper deck. And I, I mean, just the, the feet of that put a smile on my face, but then as I was rounding second and then looking at those six guys standing up, high-fiving each other, it was just a, it was a special moment, a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it was an upper deck shot, and it's uh, you know, you didn't you, you didn't have anything cheap. <laughs> they were all they were bombs, especially <laughs> the one in Colorado. My gosh, that one was like almost uh, you know, bat flip style. The way you uh, that was like a no doubter. But you know, I mean, again, you know, there's a whole loop of of your <laughs> your hitting on on YouTube, which is fantastic. Because if you never said that, man, I, again, I would have thought you were a a pinch hitting third baseman uh, coming up throughout the ranks. You got a, a great stroke up there. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I appreciate that. It's not quite reality, but I'll, I'll take the compliment where I can get it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, absolutely. But one of the coolest. Uh, one of the yeah. One of the coolest baseball moments was. We were at home in San Diego. It was a getaway day. It was a day game, and the we were playing the Angels. And it was an extra inning, so our bench had been exhausted. It was two outs in the, I don't know if it was 12th, 13th, 14th, somewhere late in the game, 
or in extra innings. And, and I pinch hit. And I get in, get a base hit, so I'm on first with two outs. Will Venable comes up, and he hits a ball to kind of left center. And I was like, I'm going to score. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the left fielder kind of bobbled it, and Glenn Hoffman sent me around, and I scored the winning run. And it was like I had never experienced that type of baseball since high school. And I don't know that I've ever scored a, a walk-off run. I didn't get the walk-off hit, but the, like the walk-off run. And my heart rate did not come down until we landed in St. Louis. I was sweat. I was sweating from getting the interviews to the shower to getting on the bus and the plane. I think I was sweating the whole time. I was probably breathing hard the whole time. And then I was like, "Man, that was so much fun." It, it was. It's like that's what that's what baseball baseball can be such a fun game. You never know. I mean, what do you think about that? That they might be phasing out the uh, the the pitcher as an offensive spot. You like that, or you think you know the the beauty of the game is you know you see a guy like Jacob Degrom who was hitting like you know like three ninety before he got hurt. You see these uh, these great moments where the pitchers contribute a lot. Do you think that that being phased out is not uh, not good, or do you uh, do you kind of like that for the arm uh, you know uh, stability? I always liked hitting. I always thought it provided a unique opportunity for the NL to, to be different. I, I think that, I don't know if it's best for the game or not, but selfishly as a pitcher and a player, it, it created opportunities for the managers to handle the game a little bit differently. It was definitely more challenging for a National League manager. And it, it was just a different type of baseball that, I found myself in AL games where there's a DH. You 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 don't have to pay as close attention to the situations at points, but in the NL you have to know where we're at in the lineup, what's going on, and it it, it strategically changes the game and it gives guys opportunity to to participate that <laughs> wouldn't otherwise get that chance. And it, it's it's harder as a pitcher because you have to come prepared. You have to be able to bunt the ball. You have to be able to base run and and do these things to help your team win. You, you become more of a baseball player, which is is something that you kind of lose sight of. I just talked with our quarterbacks. We just had a Zoom call with J.T. O'Sullivan, and he's coaching. He, I don't, do you remember that name? He, yep. he played football for a long time, and now he's coaching high school football in California. But he was so kind to talk to our quarterbacks. And one thing he said about his quarterbacks, he's like, hey, I want you to be a football player first. If you throw an interception, you can't just say, oh, man, what? you have to go make a tackle. And that's kind of how I view pitchers. It's like, hey, we pitch, but we have to be a baseball player first. So what it takes to win this game, we have to do. And sometimes we lose sight of what it takes to win a game. We're so caught up in spin rates and weighted on base averages and what's my slug, what's my expected run, like all these things that, we really don't have control of, but we want baseball players first, someone that's there to help win a game. And that, I think that having that aspect of not having a DH, having the pitchers hit, I think that really brings that into play more frequently. 
Yeah, and especially when you see a guy like uh, you know Max Fried had a uh, a walk off single, you know, as a pinch hitter because he has a good bat. You know, yeah. it's it's the beauty. I was at uh, the game earlier this year where Jacob Degrom, you know, had a two RBI single as well as pitching a complete game, uh, you know, three hitter. So it's just it's a beauty of the game that I feel like it's going to get lost. But I don't. Uh, I understand why they would do it, but it just kind of stinks if you're a purist. You don't want to see it go. Yeah, and that. I, I like the baseball with the pitcher hitting and people, some people hate it. And it's one of those things that I don't think you're going to bridge the gap. There'll be people that love it, people that hate it. And you have to figure out <laughs> which one, which one of those people uh, bring more money to the table is probably going to be how the decision's made. But it also kind of brings to light, like how special Shohei Itani is. And yes. I feel like no matter how much that gets talked about, it won't, be talked about enough because <laughs> what he's doing is just it, it, it's unbelievable it's unreal now it's so special i mean and again it's not like he's just a uh, you know a light hitting uh, you know utility guy who can also pitch i mean this is a man who's hitting no doubt home runs i mean bombs he doesn't get cheated on one oh. home run he's like you he doesn't get cheated on any of his home runs you just you know the second they leave the bat that they're rather uh, gone, but it's not like he's also, you know, a bad pitcher. He's, he's putting in quality innings. He's striking guys out. It's a, uh, it's a, it's a very interesting, special athlete to watch him play in this day and age. Uh, yeah. But I mean, I hit three home runs in 10 years and he's had, <laughs> uh, what, how many does he have this year? I think he's, he's gotta be, yeah. Up to, up to almost 40, 38, I think. Mid- <laughs> yeah. He's almost 40. He's got, is his ERA under three still? Hitters are hitting like 190 off of him. He he's leading his team in stolen bases. It's it's just it, it's unbelievable. Like it really is. He's uh, 37 home runs as we speak. We don't want to uh, we don't want to jip him on any. So he's at 37 uh, home runs. And let's see, the ERA is currently uh, as of last printing 2.93 with uh, 106 strikeouts. <laughs> We saw that guy before. His name was Babe Ruth. Yeah, and if, if he, well, and he, I think he's doing a better clip than he did. Um, what What's going to be interesting is, I like, and from my perspective, like he, if he's the MVP and there's not even someone in a close second, like that's, I, I don't know how you could argue anyone being even close to that production, and I don't see if he has. And what I'm going to say average, a Shohei average year, how you could not have him be MVP if he continues to do this. Oh, so absolutely. The, yeah. I feel like it's the first guy that, if, I think it's the first guy that if he, he performs his average for 10 years in a row, he should win 10 MVPs. Because even if someone breaks almost every offensive record, they're not going to have the production that he has overall and impacts the game. Yeah. And it's imagine if he was healthy for those first two and a half years that he'd come over. Oh, you know, this is what we were expecting, and it's delivered. So that's very cool. Yeah, it is. It really is. So, all right. Well, let's head into the uh, to the wrap up portion here. Appreciate you coming on to uh, spend a couple minutes with me. Uh, if you can, just tell the uh, the listeners one more time what you've got going on. If they want to follow you on social media, and uh, I guess anything else going on in the world of uh, Clayton Richard. I wish I knew my social media well enough to share. The, I could share it if you'd Twitter. like. I got it in front of me if you'd I'm like. <laughs> All right, yeah, let's do that. It's uh, <laughs> it's at CR3s with 
two E's at the end, of course. Uh, at CR threes, Clayton Richard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I haven't figured out Instagram. I need to do that because I, I need to get the word out for my players. As I, I know, recruiting is, is going to be more of an important thing. I need to get my guys noticed um, in football and baseball. But coaching here at Lafayette Jefferson High School, I'm excited about helping this the the baseball program and that we're, we're really involved in the youth program as well that's something that has been a challenge is it, it, it's kind of went the wrong way for a while and we're trying to get that back back to where it should be so the youth program and, and lafayette lafayette youth baseball lafayette jeff baseball and jeff football and if you get if you're into golf carts you can check out captainspiffy.com that's where our website for golf carts so we kind of got a little bit of everything going on Captain Spiffy, that is a great name. <laughs> so please, CaptainSpiffy.com. Yeah, that, Very nice. <laughs> my, yeah, my my dad uh, nicknamed my boys, my older ones, Cashton. He nicknamed, calls him Captain, and my younger one, Cannon, who likes to always dress really well, and he, he calls him Spiffy. So I went with Captain Spiffy. Uh, that's that's so genius. I can't even uh, begin to stress that at the end of the interview. <laughs> we should have said that at the beginning. That's. Uh, that's wonderful. Well, very I, I, nice. I failed. <laughs> no, you did great. Well, I appreciate the time today. We will say goodbye for this week on Diamond Conversations. If you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at Chad EMB. On Instagram, it's at IB Exclusives. My website is IBExclusives.com. You can find out all the information going on with my autograph signings and memorabilia dealings on there. And uh, we will get out of here for this week and catch you next time on Diamond Conversations. So for Clayton Richard, this is your old pal. We will catch you on the flip side. Yo, what up? This is Conan, and I host Keeping It 100, my co-host, Disco Inferno, unfortunately. Well, I'd say you're my co-host. Listen, every Thursday here on Spreaker, we talk pro wrestling, sports, movies, music, TV, pop culture, and some politics. It's everything the rest of the pro wrestling podcasts are not. Tune in to hear myself, the superior one, educate and inform. Tune in to hear me bury Disco. That's very disrespectful. Join us every Thursday on Spreaker and keep it 100. Boom!